We have spoken before about the power of your network. The challenge comes in in making the greatest use of your network. By exposing all of the connections, you can discover the fastest path from where you are to where you want to be. So today, we're talking with a company that is working to solve that problem. So stay tuned. This is Chris Brandt here with Sundish Patel. Welcome to another future video podcast. Now, it's a small world after all, and I'm sure many of you have played the game Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon, where you try to connect the actor to pretty much everyone else in six links or less. The extent of our network is greater than we realize, and Small World is working to expose all of those relationships in an organization to help facilitate meaningful connections and expand the way you do sales. So, we have with us today David Rush, CEO of Small World, to tell us what the future of business looks like and how Small World works. Welcome, David. Thanks, Chris. Great to be here. Well, it's great to have you. I'm really uh, excited to learn more about what you guys are doing at Small World. Um, but before we get into all of that, could you just give me a quick synopsis of you know what is Small World and what were you thinking when you decided to you know start this company? Yeah, so Small World is a software application that allows sales and marketing teams to identify the fastest path of connectivity to any target prospect. Um, I've been in sales leadership roles most of my career and have seen how challenging it can be to engage with and get meetings with important decision makers. And we felt like um, building an application that would make that easier both for the sales team and the marketing team as well as the connectors um, was a big opportunity. Um, so we have a standalone application as well as an integration into Salesforce and are working with um, a lot of companies today that uh, are looking to complement other investments they've made in their RevTech stack. Yeah. Well, so so let's let's just kind of, you know, like frame this whole thing and just, you know, let's talk about how has the world of sales changed? I mean, you know, following the p pandemic, you know, things look very different. And, I, you know, the, the world of relationships looks very different. Yep. Can you talk to how that how that has changed? Absolutely. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting statistics Gartner published earlier this year around how the buyer's journey has really changed, um, how reps have suggested that, you know, one of the hardest things today is to get access to senior level executives. Um, mm -hmm. They really don't want to talk to a salesperson and they want to do a lot of the research on their own. And it's one of the reasons why intent-based tools have become so popular so that sales teams and marketing teams can identify if they're in buying mode. And so um, that's an important part of it. Um, but one of the most important things that we're focused on is the trust and credibility that already exists between these buyers and people that they've either worked with before or have um, known in their personal relationships. Um, that trust and credibility goes a long way. So when decision makers ultimately um, decide on a vendor, it's both, is this the right solution? And is it someone that I can trust? And so um, we found that that trend is only continuing and, and we're in a good position to leverage both this intent data as well as the relationship data. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, you know, having come off of our, you know, big event that we did last week and, you know, you know, Sundish, you can speak to, you know, very well how difficult it is to, get in touch with these people, you know, get them out. Uh, Sundish, I don't know if you want to like chime in about, you know, your thoughts on that. Yeah. I mean, definitely there's, 
not having access to customers is really hard. How do you, how, you know, how do we influence um, these decisions without doing that? And I think the pandemic has really gotten us to a point where people just want to buy sitting from home. Amazon has really spoiled us and the uh, iPhone and smartphones have made it so much easier for us just to go somewhere, research and buy and then get a tracking number and then find out when it's coming. And if you don't like it, you return it. So I think um, that is what we should all aspire for is how do we make that consumer experience more effective so that we do get their time and we do get their attention. And I think, you know, using methods like what David is doing with Small World, you know, those relationships are going to be way more important now than they ever have been because the access is a lot lower. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, so, so David, tell us how, you know, you go about, you know, uh, figuring out these relationships and, and leveraging them. Yeah. So, you know, one of the unique things about small world is, is we believe relationships are a subjective thing, right? It's mm-hmm. an algorithm can't really determine how strong my relationship is with you. I'm really the only one that knows that. And so we have a unique way of capturing relationship strength from these eligible connectors. And when we say connectors today, what we mean is the internal ecosystem of a business. It can be everybody from a board member to a customer, to a partner, to um, an investor uh, in uh, the fund uh, that's that's working with a particular company. And so um, the way we do that is through the user experience that we've designed for the connector. Um, so what we do is give the sales or marketing team the ability to request introductions. We require um, details and context about the request, but then we give the connector full control over how they make that introduction. And by doing so, um, it drives a higher conversion rate. Um, we give them visibility into the status uh, of an introduction as it's happening. And ultimately, the outcomes um, lead to a higher um, uh, conversion rate of successful introductions. So um, our approach is unique uh, in that we focus as much on the connector user experience as we do on providing the intelligence to the sales team. What you're doing is you're, you're, you're finding within an organization, you know, like I could have, you know, I could be the sales guy and I'm looking to get an introduction to the CIO of a a company and, and that person's brother might work in my company and I wouldn't know that, but obviously that's a good, you know, relationship to leverage. Those are the sort of things that you're, you're talking about teasing out. That's right. That's right. So today, the way it works is a rep will make several attempts to try to meet with that CIO, um, trying, you know, clever emails, personalization, and the average rep, it takes four plus weeks and, and about six attempts. And the conversion rate's about two to five percent on that type of outreach, where with small world, it's one attempt that's less than five days. And the conversion rate is 65 percent because they're leveraging someone within the organization that has that relationship. And so in our application, when a rep sees these target prospects that they're interested in, whether it's by company or by name, they can instantly see who within the company has the strongest relationship and initiate an introduction request straight from our application. So let's let's talk a little bit about the, the, sort of the nature of relationships. I mean, you, you talked about, you know, there's different kinds of relationships and, and only the person who has that relationship knows that. But I mean, you know, one, you know, like what what is the importance of relationships in the world of sales, I think we kind of touched on how, how that, you know, impacts it, but you know, how do, how do these different relationships work? Yeah. 
Well, it's interesting. We have, as I mentioned, different types of connectors. So, you know, board members, you know, might be a perfect connector for a competitive deal. It's seven figures where they have a personal relationship with the, you know, CFO at that particular company where they wouldn't be as appropriate for uh, top of funnel opportunities that might be more suited for, for a partner um, who's worked with a, a target prospect in the past. And so, um, these relationships are, are unique and, and, you know, the way we see the world and we touched on it earlier is that it's this combination of relevance and relationship, which is the perfect bullseye for sales and marketing teams. And so a lot of sales is timing. Are they in the process of evaluating new vendors? Um, are they actively looking for solutions? Um, but even if that's in place, uh, if that relationship doesn't exist, it doesn't predict, it doesn't assume a, a perfect conversion rate. And so, that's where we marry these two things together and where relationship can make a meaningful difference. Uh, if it's competitive opportunities, if it's getting access into the C-suite, um, we find that we work with a lot of ABM teams because even if you're able to create connectivity at director levels, it's very hard to get the attention of a senior level executive unless that relationship exists. And that's where it really becomes important. Yeah, I, you know, Sundish is is really big on this concept of like what kind of relationship do you have? Um, you know, because and and you know, I came from you know the 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 client side of the equation before I came into more of a you know the sales side of of things, and um, you know, I I thought I had a lot of great friends who would just be eager to buy stuff from us when I I switched to the other side, and. You know, uh, Sundish, you know, I'll let you explain, but, you know, Sundish talks about the, the, the kind of difference between the relationship that can get you a lunch meeting and the kind of relationship that will close the deal. I mean, Sundish, can you kind of talk about what, what you see as the difference there? Well, David, since you've been in uh, sales leadership and you've been <laughs> around salespeople, you know that salespeople will exaggerate their relationships, right? And because that will boost their their value and, you know, uh, their, their compensation, their ability to execute. Right. But the reality of it is, is most of them are not real. And when you actually hear more about those relationships, just like what Chris was saying is like, it's great that you can get a connection with this guy and maybe we can go have a lunch or, but really that person's taking the lunch just to see you and, uh, to, to hang out with you, but not really interested in what the actual agenda is. Then there's the other kind where Chris and I have had, where we go to a lunch, a dinner, and as a result, we get an outcome. We actually get something that we can do, that we can take an action afterwards and actually implement it, you know, some kind of improvement. That could be as simple as another meeting where we get another opportunity. It could be another door that is open, like, hey, let me introduce you to this person. Maybe it's uh, some information about a potential project that is going on and you're getting some assistance and guidance on how to approach that opportunity. But those relationships are few and far between, you know, I mean, we've had one meeting closes where we just go meet with someone for the first time and the trust is just established and it's there, but it's just hard to find. Uh, it's a special thing. And so that's what I like what you're doing is the people that have those special relationships were able to kind of float to the top. And if you can be that connector and create that platform, there's a lot of influencers out there that I, that, you know, I think would value this. And one of the things that we've been talking about is sales. The, the new sales guy is a more of an influencer than he is 
the traditional sales guy. I don't know if you'd agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, the ones that are, you know, super successful have become great at social selling, um, have, are smart about the content that they're publishing. And to your point, you know, it really is about being relevant and, and timely uh, when you do tap into one of those relation, relationships. And so what we find from our connectors is that they really appreciate the idea that, that users of, of, of small world must provide them with context uh, and triggers and specificity as to why they want to make that introduction. Because ultimately, connectors will do this if they can retain or grow their social capital with whoever they have that relationship with. That trust will be eroded uh, if they don't make that introduction with authenticity. And it's one of the reasons we've started with the internal ecosystem of, of a business is because all of them know that business so well. Um, uh, but uh, that's that's 100% right. And, and, you know, we've all been through kind of those conferences where it's speed dating and, you know, those buyers get flown in and, and treated really well. And most of them are going there because it's really nice and sunny and, and they're staying in a nice hotel. Um, and so um, that doesn't always work out as expected. But um, again, if it's the careful curation of relevancy with that relationship, um, it, it makes a meaningful difference in the outcome. Do you have a thought on uh, titles? You know, from my perspective, one of the things that I've um, struggled with is getting to that C-suite. But then sometimes when I get to that C-suite, I'm not really getting the value that I need. Um, and sometimes it's just, we all want to get to that CIO, but once you get there, their agenda is really not to figure out what your product or whatever else. They're, they're just trying to fig learn from you. Um, and sometimes I feel like working at the lower levels, even like I would rather have a director or a technology lead that is actually interested in trying something new and trying something different. I would yep. rather have that meeting than with the CIO at that same organization, yep. just simply because that CIO is not interested in learning yep. about what it is that I'm doing. They're just, their agenda is how can I take advantage of this meeting so I can yep. learn from, from these folks. I don't know if you have some, yep. some thoughts on that. Yeah. Well, I think it goes back to, you know, the question around how sales has changed. I think, you know, team selling, team-based selling, multi-threaded relationships now are becoming um, that much more critical, right? It's not one person making a decision anymore. It's a team of seven or eight. And so I think that director level is ultimately the end user uh, and the one who has specific KPIs tied to um, their personal value, um, you know, associated with, with what your solution will deliver to them. Ultimately, you know, the CIO has to justify um, uh, investments that are being made. Um, and so it's a different conversation, but it's one that can make a meaningful difference if there's a competitive deal, right? If there's a tiebreaker and there is a relationship at that level, I think it mm -hmm. can make a, a big difference. Uh, and depending on um, the, the tone of the conversation with that CIO, um, you know, it can increase the chances of that deal being won. But I agree with you. I think, you know, the most important um, influencer, you know, in a deal is that, is that sort of director level end user. So how, how do you go about, uh, I mean, do, do you have any way to, you know, obviously you're identifying, um, people in an organization that have relationships, but how do you go about, you know, identifying who has influence? And then also in that, I would imagine is that, you know, there's a lot of things that, um, people need to know about the organization they're trying to approach 
you know, like Sanjish was just saying, you know, like there could be three people you need to talk to, not just the one person. You know, how 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 do you, you know, make all that come together? You know, we approach it believing that the sales and marketing team knows who they want to target for various reasons, mm-hmm. whether it's target companies. Um, so we give them the flexibility of, of choosing target companies or specific target prospects. And then when they look to see who has the strongest relationship, we have five levels of relationship strength from very strong all the way to very weak. And that's really an indicator to the salesperson who has committed themselves to likely having a strong enough relationship to making that introduction. And remember, any of the connectors in our system are willing connectors. They've basically signed up to say, hey, I believe in the story value proposition and and I'm willing to help the business grow for either intrinsic motivation or tangible incentives, depending on what type of connector they are. Um, And so with that, that's why we have such a a high conversion rate. Um, But it really gives them control over choosing who they would be able to make that introduction to and gives the rep the ability to see who they can actually make the introduction to. It, It helps solve that problem of misfiring by just trusting first degree connections through LinkedIn, right? Because typically a rep will say, oh, I've got, you know, 15 mutual connections. I'm going to fire off and see who knows. And that, you know, is, is pretty inefficient. Um, you know, it can be um, a bit of a burden on the recipient. They weren't expecting it. Um, and, uh, and oftentimes those relationships are pretty weak. So that's a great way for our uh, customers to distinguish who the right connector is. Mm. Well, and since you mentioned LinkedIn, you know, obviously, I, I'm sure people are going to draw parallels to to what you're doing with LinkedIn. H- how how are you different than LinkedIn? Yeah, no, LinkedIn is great. I mean, we look at LinkedIn or Zoom Info as the place where you go to figure out who you want to target, um, all the way down to, you know, company and title and um, lots of rich history about you know whoever those those targets are. And then, you know, there's a lot of great tools out there, um, you know, for intent data, uh, you know, the demand bases and six senses and G2 crowds of the world. That'll tell you um, where they're at, you know, in their buying process and what they're interested in. And then most companies are using um, a tool like an outreach or a sales loft to create sort of a cadence based, you know, um, volume based approach. We, we complement that as sort of the, the, the precision based tool that helps you and helps ABM teams really connect with an individual. So although LinkedIn, again, is a, a great source for identifying who you want to target, we believe that we're curating um, in, in one system a way to make the introduction process much easier. We've built this um, as a system of record for introductions as well. So through Small World, operations teams can now identify conversion rates and the success of these warm introductions all the way through the funnel um, and so that's what we're focused on. Um, we're not focused on, you know, building, um, you know, just a just a network of connections, but rather really, you know, fine tuning a system that can enable a new way to think about sales and marketing and a new demand gen um, channel that hasn't been really measured before. So you you mentioned a couple things that I, I, I probably would be worthwhile to clarify. ABM. Uh, account-based marketing. I'm assuming that's what you were referencing yes. there. Yes. Um, and then uh, you you talk about like these intent-based tools. Um, could you could you dive into just you know clarifying what those all mean? Sure. Yeah. And you know, again, I, I think um, you know, in trying to get a, a good sense of of timing, uh, you know, when a potential prospect uh, is in in buying mode, um, there are ways now to identify down to the individual user level or the company level. If someone's on your website, um, what pages on their website have they clicked on? How frequently they've come back? And so you know they're they're shopping, essentially. They're evaluating. Um, it's a good clue 
to know if it's appropriate to reach out to them. Um, it'll help uh, inform for marketing teams what kind of content to send to them. So when we think about personalization, knowing where they've spent time you know, on your website, um, and ultimately it leads to a higher conversion rate because you're relevant and you're timely. And so uh, these tools uh, are really an effective um, uh, way to uh, distill who those top prospects are. And so what we're doing at Small World is taking that data and integrating it into our own dashboard. So now when connectors come into Small World and they see those target companies that the sales and marketing team wants to meet with um, or those people, uh, they'll also see those that uh, you know have um, intent-based data. Um, and so uh, we intelligently prioritize them using things like intent, uh, things like location and other sources. And and so let's talk about a little bit about some of the integrations that you have. I mean, you mentioned that you integrate with Salesforce, and you know, obviously that's the eight hundred pound gorilla in the you know sales space. Um, but you know, what other kinds of integrations do you have, and and how does that Salesforce integration work? Yeah, the Salesforce integration is terrific. I mean, our whole mission there was to make this part of the workflow for the rep. So you know, it would be the first thing they do every day. They go in and they see their you know target accounts. And when we think about um, account planning and we think about prioritization, um, it helps tremendously if they can see amongst their you know, 100 accounts in their territory, which ones have very strong relationships because it can become a predictor for how quickly they can, can get traction. Um, we're exploring other integrations with other CRM tools, of course. We have an integration uh, with a, a company called Thanks who um, can actually deliver uh, incentives uh, and give the sales teams um, the ability to reward and show gratitude for successful introductions. Mm. Um, uh, we can integrate this intent data, like I said, so that's on a per customer basis right now. And, uh, and we're exploring other integrations that, that make sense. Uh, ultimately, we want this to, to live uh, where the rep is uh, and, and where the connectors are to make it easy for them. You know, I, I think, you know, when you mentioned the thanks piece there, I, that's a really interesting thing because, you know, incentivizing you know, people in the company who are not part of the sales organization is um, a really interesting idea. And I think that the thing that I, is really compelling about that, too, is that, you know, by integrating people, you know, and their relationships and, 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 and making them feel more valued in, in a way, you know, with the connections that they have, you know, bringing them deeper into the folds of the company like that, I think that you know, really helps um, elevate, you know, company cohesion, I would imagine, too, right? For sure. No, it's 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 a great point. And, and again, each of these different groups is motivated differently. Um, an advisor or an executive is going to be motivated for different reasons than, let's say, a product manager. One of our customers, um, someone on their marketing team, you know, who has certainly helped, you know, from a demand gen perspective, but not directly through warm introductions, is now the number one connector on our leaderboard for that company. And so you can imagine, um, you know, they're now showcased to the executive team. They're recognized for something that before they never would have been recognized for. And so whether that's a tangible incentive, um, you know, similar to what somebody gets when they refer an employee that gets hired, or whether that's just recognition and respect and, you know, potential promotion opportunities, it's a whole new way for the entire company to participate in the top line growth of a business that, um, you know, we're just scratching the surface on right now. Yeah. Well, and I, I would have to think maybe there's some people you realize are in the wrong field and they should just go back, go into sales. 
Exactly. Depending on depending on those commission rates, that might happen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I got to say, you know, like since I'm I'm more on the tech side and Sunish is on on the sales side, there's certainly some attractive benefits to being on the sales side. That's for sure. Be careful what you wish for, buddy. Yeah, I know. I know. All right. I mean, <laughs> very true. Um, where can where can you go with this? You know, obviously, the the one of the reasons why we love talking to young companies is that you know you're selling more of a vision ultimately of what what you're you're ultimately going to be what is the vision i mean like where do you see all of this going and and you know like both how the market's shifting and changing and and how you know the things that you can bring to market to really enable all that i think that you know our our mission is to connect any of our customers with literally any target prospect um and when we think about that um you know, when you said the six degrees of separation from Kevin Bacon, truly, when you take a step back, someone knows someone who knows someone. And if the request is relevant, they're going to be willing to give time to that person. And so today, you know, we're super focused on a specific type of customer on this internal network. Um, we're testing the concept of an external network where truly there would be nodes of connectivity into anyone. And when we think about, um, the relationship strength data that we're capturing and how that can be threaded into third and fourth degree relationships. Um, we're focused right now, you know, on, on the ability to accelerate sales. But when we think about, um, you know, wanting to connect anyone with anyone else, um, whether it's, you know, for healthcare, whether it's for, um, uh, you know, philanthropic reasons, there's a lot of different use cases for small world. Um, in the long term, that if we do this right, we truly can make it a smaller world through using technology um, in, in a smart way. And so I think the key is to um, not abuse it and to make sure that it's relevant and it's authentic uh, and that it's done with care. And if we do that, you know, the sky's the limit. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, relationships make everything easier, whether it's, you know, you, you're, you're hiring somebody who somebody knows and you can trust the recommendation of that person or, you know, it's just... You have a complex deal that has a lot of pieces and parts, and there's inevitably going to be things that get screwed up. But that relationship helps, you know, soothe, you know, the people on both ends. Um, so, you know, th that relationship piece is really important. Do you envision down the road, maybe when all of this kind of changes, that there's just going to be a pool of people who kind of make their living as connectors? You know, who have these great networks on both sides, right? You know, sitting between a company that wants to sell something and people who need things. And, yep. you know, like by by taking a little bit of that commission or that, that you know, the, the thanks for, you know, that referral, you know, just being in a place where one can be a super connector. I mean, th that already exists in the world. I know a lot of people who just kind of make their living just sitting in the middle of yep. things and kind of just pointing people in the right direction. Is that something you see in the future? I do. I do. I think the best connectors are, are very judicious in terms of when they choose to, to make those introductions and do so carefully, because the only way to retain and grow a, a true network is to do it in an authentic way. And so you can't do it at scale. You can't blast out, you know, a, a bunch of requests and expect those people to trust you. You'll be the boy that cried wolf. Right. So I think um, there's an opportunity for, for people to do that. But um, the irony is that the best connectors have been able to uh, create a network like that because they're, they're trusted and it's real. It isn't, it isn't phony. It's, it's true 
uh, genuine interest in the other person. Uh, and so I think, you know, that will be the, the important piece that, you know, we'll be focused on. Do you have any quick tips for, for people who are trying to, you know, build their network and make those connections and, and strengthen them and make them valuable, uh, what people should do? Yeah, you know, I, I think it's it's maybe a little bit of what I just mentioned, which is just truly be authentic, uh, be a you know a great listener, and then you know follow up. Um, I think a lot of people you know will have a meeting. I look at you know my network and all the people that I've worked with in my career. I've got people at every company. I've got people from college, high school, and um, I try to do my best to stay in touch with them but not because I want to maintain that relationship because I genuinely care what they're up to. Uh, and, and I, um, you know, think that, you know, that becomes reciprocal. Um, and so I think, you know, that's, that's a big part of it. And then again, not in an artificial way, um, you know, but, but when you do follow up with some of them, you know, have something interesting. Um, I, you know, I had a buddy today, I, I saw an article, um, you know, it was how to sell to CFOs more effectively. And they specifically target CFOs. And I just texted him, hey, was thinking of you. Um, I thought this might be interesting. Um, and I think it's it's just that it's deposits and withdrawals, right? And you want to make more deposits than you make withdrawals. Well, and, you know, I, I think small world sounds like a great way to start building, you know, more of those connections. So, And quite quite honestly having those connections and and bringing those connections your network into your professional life is actually incredibly rewarding as well you know especially over time you know i think we are all kind of thinking about our careers these days and just thinking like is this worth it you know um and what i come back to just cuz it's my personality and everything else is the people matter you know the the people and the connections and those relationships that i have like what you said that authenticity you know, I have that with so many people and that that is what I really, really cherish. And so when people do ask me for a connection, I am very, very mindful to be sure like, okay, is this one worth it? Is this worth the political capital or the social capital? I love that when you use that, that, that phrase, is it worth the social capital for me to make this introduction? And I think um, when I have been able to make those in- introductions, it feels so good. You know, when, when good things happen right. for other people and something develops right. from that, it's a... Um, it's very rewarding, and and I hope that that kind of partnership and that spirit stays in our business world, you know, and we don't become such clams and just kind of, you know, just worry about our own little territory. We gotta also like think about everybody else in the in the bigger community, you know. It's more we than I, you know. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think. Um you know, there's a lot of great wisdom in all of this. And uh, I think, you know, Sundish, like the point you make, it is, it can be rewarding to make these connections. I think a lot of people are afraid to make connections because they're afraid of, you know, what, what if things go wrong, but you know, what if things go right? You have to play to win. You know, you can't be on the sidelines and complain if you're not willing to get on the field and make some mistakes and, you know, figure it out. You know, you, it's a, it's a, you gotta, you gotta build your own probability, luck, and chance. And we didn't get into the nuances of, you know, how these introductions are made, but of course, you know, double opt-in where you show respect to that person and how, you know, that introduction's positioned uh, makes a big difference as well. So David, you've spent your your career in uh, sales executive positions. And as you know, sales, um, we rely a lot on the culture of these organizations and the culture plays a very big role um, in building uh, a new company. So can you give us some context around what kind of culture are you trying to shoot for? You know, when we 
bring on new people and we think about, you know, the kind of culture that we want people, you know, to work in. It's, it's one first and foremost where they can really enjoy being around their peers and, um, they can collaborate with one another to solve problems. We all have a common goal, common mission. And so the idea of, of being uh, a team uh, that pulls one another up is huge. Um, but we really look for people that are, are highly accountable, that, you know, seek solutions, um, that are, that are super curious. Uh, and I'll say these terms generically, but, you know, um, it's easy, uh, to do, it's harder to think. Right. And so I think, um, when you, when you really find that special person, um, they're creating expectations for themselves that exceed, uh, whatever goals you put in front of them. And they have, um, a desire, uh, and a persistence, um, that, um, you, you see it when you first meet them and then you see it in the results. And so I think I've, I've always found that the best, uh, commercial, uh, uh, individuals have this combination of, of art and science where they're really easy to be around. They're super likable and they understand that, that artistic side of, of being a great salesperson, but they're also really, um, smart about their personal metrics. Um, they have goals. Uh, they are able to really understand how, to quantify their success and know how they got there scientifically. So it's that, it's that combination, um, uh, with a nice dose of humility. Uh, we want people that will, um, crush it, but also, uh, be grateful for, for what they have. I just want to say, you know, thank you so much for coming on and telling us what you do. And, um, you know, we are going to be watching very intently how you guys proceed and grow. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can, you know, someday just, be those super connectors that just sit in the sit in the middle of every transaction and just rake in the dough. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, no, I appreciate you uh, having me on. It's been great chatting. And yeah, if you know anybody's interested, we're at smallworld.ai, and uh, you know, look forward to uh, hopefully chatting again. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Go out and make those connections. Thanks for watching. I'd love to hear from you in the comments. And if you like what you saw, please give us a like. Think about subscribing, and I will see you in the next video.